0: Corn, corn, where is the corn?
1: That's definitely going to stand on the the, uh, intro to this for the uh, podcast listeners.
0: Where is the corn? I, I need you to clean your penis and find me some corn.
1: So this episode has two cold opens.
0: There are only two good meanings for the acronym HH. Those are Heil Hitler and Hulk Hogan. All other acronyms of HH are fundamentally gay. It's those two assholes. Those two idiots you saw me talking to at the third rail.
1: Just he doesn't want to touch the third rail. That that
2: is the third rail, saying white people have interest. Third rail. The third rail here is... uh,
0: Another
1: wonderful
2: show on our
0: on the uh, T R S network. Mm-hmm. It's the third rail. You will be destroyed. It's
2: the third rail. You will be destroyed. Watch out for the third rail, baby. That's how folks. In the opinion of this reporter, if this nation or, in fact, the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now.
0: Anybody doesn't dance. this music is uh, wrong, so there's that. But also, it's episode 216. We are padding out the numbers. 216 of now what we call Sidecar. It's a little side diversion of a thing that we do that uh, we just want to like address stories that nobody wants to talk about because they're boring as shit. Yeah. How you doing, Borzo? My, I'm my doing brother. good. How you? This doing?
1: might this might be a short show, a short show for short men. Yeah, as I am yes. watch, I am watching in terror every five minutes as lights in my home dim. They're
0: coming I, for you. you. You realize that <laughs> the man is coming for you.
1: Right wingers did this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't even know what that means, but yeah. It's no, I was just true. like, I'm
1: just, I'm just making light of the fact that I just, I've been raging against them quite a bit recently. Well, You should, you yeah. should. The right but worst the, I'm, I'm glad. I'm actually people. <laughs> let's not say that. I'm just like, I just, I just get annoyed when guys should know better or they say stupid things. If they stop saying stupid things, then I won't be mad anymore.
0: Well, the left is evil, but the right is like retarded. Oh so God, you're yeah, not don't wrong.
1: Even, don't even get me started on that. That is in an, an yeah. apt description but I'm glad we do the sidecar thing because last episode was fantastic mongoose and super lutheran but that's that's the issue sometimes with those weekend shows they get a little bit silly and we can't really always get all the stories we wanted to get
0: fair enough I mean um, I haven't listened to it because I you know I actually speak on it so I don't want really to listen to anything that I don't talk about or I'm not on so yeah'm well, I'm, the, I'm the same way. that there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of I mean, recent
1: third rails I haven't heard.
0: I mean, literally, the worst thing about like guesting on uh, TDS is, it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's a great honor to be invited on, but then you're like, well, fuck, now I have nothing to listen to tomorrow.
1: Have you ever listened back to a third rail you're on, and just going, just like, and just you know, be pleased with yourself? Ah yes, the I'm sound always my, pleased. And ah yes, the sound of my own thing voice. Mm, yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm listen. I'm literally like waiting for you to stop talking so I can. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what uh, do you got going on? I'm I'm lonely here. My wife and my kid aren't here, so it's it's one oh, of those situations. Like you have nice. to, yeah, and you have to remember, I'm I'm very new at all of this at this life. So it's one of those things where you know you you have you have a family and it's a lot and. You think, okay, they're gonna be gone for a couple days. This is gonna be awesome. I get some time to myself. Like, I'm already bored and I miss them. no so sweet. Oh, shit, I forgot. To, I forgot.
0: What to a young, the... what a young, uninitiated unin, unin, uh, man that you are. I know. Oh, I know.
1: That, I, I, for, I, mean, I forgot. To,
0: well, it, I cherish these moments alone. Cherish these moments alone.
1: I did forget to feed her fish, though. It's okay. The, 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 I just have to do it tonight, and I'll still live within the acceptable range of feeding the fish.
0: Mm. I mean, come on. It's like free sushi.
1: <laughs> That's, uh, no joke. It's a beta fish.
0: <laughs> the jokes write themselves.
1: Yeah. Go I ahead. Have no idea what we're saying. Go ahead, go ahead, chat. Fill in your own low, you know, low effort, low hanging fruit joke. Let me know how that low hanging fruit tastes. What we got going
0: on? Um, what is the uh, there? What there was a, topic so there. Is,
1: so there is some some older stuff that from the third rail. At some
0: point, okay, you, you probably have some good new stuff. But at some point, we're going to talk about the idea of love versus hate. Okay, I think it's an important thing. But go ahead.
1: Well, I, we do have some third rail stuff uh, in the third rail prep dump. The red on Bang, which actually hasn't really been updated, except for Fash Gordon, who... Dude, you gotta stop fucking link posting, okay? Especially from the same story. I'm not sifting through six links to the same story. Oof. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. You got the wrong name to begin with. I mean,
0: come on. All Much right, less and, the links.
1: Okay, so I got this uh, American Honor story from Talent Mac, from Bernard Henri Levy. Okay. It's a little bit. It's a, It's almost two weeks old, but it's about Afghanistan. I figured you, you. know, we we haven't uh, we haven't completely dried up that well, have we? That well's not yet poisoned, is it? Well, no.
0: As long as they are bringing people here to rape women and uh, you know violate our laws and be aliens to us, but at the same time, the Republicans being the champions of the uh, Afghani's coming here, and I actually heard that Afghani is like a. You can't say that because that's the language. You have to say Afghan, but I'm like, Afghans a rug, so fuck you.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no Afghani like ethnicity, like, and I mean, it's the whole thing's dumb. I don't, I don't want to get into it.
0: They're Pashtuns, they're Tajiks, they're like all. Afghan is like one of those fake uh, English things they made up. They, you know, give a pen to a woman, an English woman, she'll draw something on a map, and it's like, oh, here's the country, there you go.
1: You know, that's based what Pakistan is too. I mean, Pakistan. There's no such Pakistan, thing as that.
0: Pakistan, Iraq, Kuwait, all. But those.
1: no. But do you know the name Pakistan is is an acronym? It's supposed to represent a bunch of the different groups in in Pakistan, well, and also supposed yeah. to be like pure.
0: Like like Pasht- like Pakistan being like Pashtun. The, the, Afghani, yeah, the P. The,
1: uh, the P in Pakistan stands for for Pashtun, and I forget what the other ones are, and I don't care. <laughs>
0: nobody does the only reason we care about it at all is they're raping
1: our women let's just be honest our boys oh yes that's true so it's an extra it's an extraordinary story it's an extraordinary story one that saved not only hundreds of afghans but some of america's creed and honor it has received little coverage in the press outside the united states so here it is from my perspective that of a french philosopher who has loved america since he was a child I don't have all the pieces of the puzzle, but on August 28th, the New York Times published an op-ed by Elliot Ackerman, a highly decorated Marine veteran of five tours in Afghanistan, who has since become a brilliant journalist and novelist. There is also a long and detailed article on the site of ABC News that Tablet's literary editor, David Samuels, shared with me. And I assembled bits of information from U.S. and Afghan sources through telephone conversations that I promised to keep confidential. The story begins with a handful of veterans who, since April, have been sounding the alarm about the danger facing translators, fixers, and other Afghan comrades-at-arms who, if President Joe Biden proceeds to implement Donald Trump's pullout plan, will be in mortal danger. The worry only grows when in midsummer it appears that the inconceivable is happening and that units of the Afghan special forces are being handed over to the enemy, as explained subsequently by retired Lieutenant Colonel Russell Worth Parker in an interview with ABC News. They implored the president to put off the August 31st deadline. Well, that's a little bit late. They explained that for both humanitarian and military reasons, the logical sequence that would have been to begin with. That would have been to begin with the evacuation of allies and that you don't pull up the ladder as was done in Saigon until the evacuees are, so- are safe and sound. They call on their senators and congressmen, not a few of whom are also veterans. Two courageous congressmen, Republican Peter Meyer of Michigan and Democrat Sat- Seth Moulton of Massachusetts, plan a trip to Kabul and arrive with the utmost secrecy in the middle of the pullout operations to take... The- uh, what is the writing behind this? I don't... like it, is Eng- I know English isn't his first language, but dude... I'm not reading this. I thought this was like I I read the sub headline that said even in the midst of deep humiliation, there are still signs of the, ex- of the exceptional nation I've loved since childhood. So I thought this was about America, but it just goes on and on and on about this. Uh, I'm actually kind of like
0: uh, I'm thunderstruck, only because I'm thinking to myself, did you know that Norm Macdonald died this week, like yesterday? Like, really? literally, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. I, I hear all this stuff about Pajitistan, uh, about Afghanistan, about these, all these people dying and this and that. And oh my gosh, uh, all I'm thinking is Norm MacDonald.
1: So uh, I don't know where to go with this. This is going to be a low energy episode, isn't it?
0: No, it's not. I, I'm <laughs> actually very upset. I'm very angry. What the fuck is going on? Trevor Moore. Now, Norm MacDonald, come on. How is this happening?
1: Alright, so here 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 I'm just gonna to cut to the chase and on the Jewishness of the story. So America Today is under the shadow of the self-inflicted Saigon, this botched Dunkirk, this deep humiliation. But there are also these moments of brotherhood that make you wonder whether you're in a Catherine Bigelow movie or a Netflix series in <laughs> the Navy SEALs, or that you're standing next to Robert Ludlum's. Jason Bourne, but that's not the case. This is real life. These are everyday heroes who simply decide, out of conscience, not to let the trapdoor close on obscurantism and crime. These heroes have led to speak like the French poet Stephane Malarm, a pure meaning to the principles of empathy and service, which are those of the great American tribe, Democrats and Republicans alike. These heroes are here to remind the world that the strange, nameless country made up of the United States of America remains an exceptional nation, faithful to its founding idea, whose flame may flicker but never goes out entirely.
0: Do you actually get the idea that all these? Um, uh, <laughs> I, I love you and, know and you semi- know what I love
1: you know what I love Spectre. I love when my country's what? called strange and nameless. I, that makes me really well, proud. That. To, yeah, it makes me really proud and feel like an American right there.
0: Well, we are like a universalist. So universal means like meaningless, right? But it actually makes me think that all these, like, uh, in the very last couple of years, like, Amazon had, like, a, a two seasons of uh, a new um, – what's his name? Uh, Tom Clancy series. Uh, what's the hero's name? John Clark or not, – not John Clark. Uh, come on. Help me here.
1: I have no uh, idea what you're referring to.
0: Oh. Uh, Tom Clancy, his main hero uh, – not John Clark. John Clark was like a sub hero within the story. I don't. Uh, I don't
1: read boomer fiction. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Oh come on! This goes back to like 1986 with a uh, hunt for Red October.
1: Like, Spectre, I was, bo- was born in the 80s.
0: Okay. Point being, without naming the guy, they're like. I, I feel like all of a sudden all these. Uh, Hollywood, uh, you know, the hero is is the guy fighting this. He's 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 in the CIA. He's like uh, doing uh, all these anti-Islam, anti-Muslim things, and it was all built up to like have us go. Oh yeah, we're so mad. We're gonna go right back into Afghanistan to do this, and and then they present all this all these these stories about these these heroes that were there, and they're like just like these Tom Clancy heroes.
1: Jack Ryan, by the way, is that who you're thinking of? Jack
0: Ryan, yes. And boom, it's it's nobody fucking gives a goddamn. It's because yeah. there's Clearly no, I don't. there's no, there's no us anymore. There's no us. It's it's like you said, a universal. Uh, it's a missing us. It's it's a country that doesn't really exist. It's it's universal pause. It's it's universal global homo. And how do you get behind that? Nobody can. You can you can you can write stories, you can make cool Hollywood movies about Jack Ryan saving the day and jumping in there and machine gunning the, all the enemies of Global Homo, but nobody really gets excited about that anymore. It's not I mean in the 80s we had Rambo to get us back behind oh, we are so over the whole Vietnam syndrome. We are like America, we're going to fight some wars. Yeah.
1: Now Jack Ryan I mean, is played that, that, by now Jack Ryan's played by the guy from the Office, and he drone strikes a bunch exactly. of children. Let me do my joke. Now we now we have Jack Ryan played by the guy from the Office, and he drone strikes a bunch of children that makes a face at the camera.
0: That's it. <laughs> so I, 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 that's exactly that's what I was building towards. Is they've tried to program us with this, and, and this would have worked twenty, thirty years ago, where we were like, oh. We've all seen these things about Jack Ryan fighting these Islamists and all this, and, and and this is why we have to go in there and we have to fight for American values or universalist values or whatever it is. Nobody cares anymore. Whereas in the 80s we had uh, Rambo or whomever, like getting us out of the the funk of the Vietnam melees. Now it's like, yeah, you've actually got a better show. It's it you know it's it's an enjoyable show to watch or whatever. But eh. I really don't want to go to war over this, so fuck it. So this is where we are as as a fake nation, as a nation that must die. I mean, if if your Ottoman Empire had had mass my Ottoman
1: Empire, I like that it's my Ottoman Empire now.
0: At this point, that it is. you You have you have you own it now. <laughs> you know
2: what I'm saying. You have, you I think have I, might make that the sh- I might
1: make that. I might make that the show title: Capital My Ottoman Empire. My Ottoman Empire. It should be
0: because I mean, I, I grew up. Everybody grew up with the idea that, or uh, at least you know, prior to your generation. For literally my father's generation his father's generation, they all talked about how like there was always comparison with Rome and the Roman Empire and the, you know the rise and fall of the Roman Empire and, and, and Gibbons and this and that. and uh, we all grew up and we, we read those books and we were like, "Oh yeah, maybe America is this, so how can we save it? But it really was never the Roman Empire. It was, it was the Ottoman Empire. We were always the
1: Ottoman Empire. and sorry,
0: but you were right. You
1: were riding along, boy. Also, no isolated bishop has it. it's going to be slash our our Ottoman Empire slash. <laughs> that's that's the show title.
0: <laughs> perfect. I don't even. Have, I'm not even going to write show notes tonight. You have to do it. That's perfect. perfect. Uh,
1: but yeah, I did last show are. notes.
0: What the hell is this bullshit? Oh, okay, I'll do them fine. But you, you see what I'm saying? Is like. It has transitioned from like it was always a classic thing to say it was the Roman Empire and that's where we are. Are we in 794 AD? blah blah blah. No, we are literally the Roman Empire or the the Ottoman Empire, sorry, that you have always talked about and it, it, it's so embarrassing that it's actually so obviously true.
1: Yeah, that's the Janissaries,
0: well, the Taraniseries, all of that—it's that, all—it's all happening.
1: That's that's right well—that's that's, that's also the scary part about it because I don't think you know how the Ottoman Empire ended exactly, and it's not good. Well, I don't—I don't know anything. <laughs> so, basically, Ottoman Empire loses World War One, and they're they're going to chop up. This entire country and not leave anything for for the, for the Turks. Now, I'm not going to get into how people feel about the Turks. I'm just looking at this as a, as an abstract thing of a people. And also, the idea of Turkishness wasn't fully fleshed out because people often like so often identified more by religion, um, and not all the Turks really like, Turkishness had had a, had a had a very malleable sense of, a sense of self. Really, kind of like how it is for being you know for being a white American at times and uh they had to fight like hell to be even be able to have a country. They had to fight another war after World War 1 to be able to even have a country. And uh the one who came out on top of all that was uh Kemal Ataturk who's got um some questionable uh some questionable origins. It's I he some people say he was Albanian, some people say he was Jewish. No one's really sure where uh where Kemal Atatürk like what his actual ethnic origin was and he became the father of Turks and instituted this kind of some people find some people find it admirable but he instituted this kind of um the secular uh kind of like the se- se- the secular nationalism um like an er- like an ersatz nationalism on but that was on Turkey it's a very everything because it's turkish everything is just dumb and fucked basically <laughs> well that's the kind
0: of I actually I operate well in such a environment. Dumb and fucked. Yeah. So
1: there is that. Yeah, I'm I'm we're going through a book right now on the fall of the Ottoman Empire, so hopefully it'll give me a little bit more um information on all of that. Although I think it doesn't really focus on the formation of the Republic of Turkey. So I don't know how much like Ataturk isn't mentioned that much in the book, for instance. He comes in towards the end. I haven't gotten to that part yet. Okay.
0: So what do we got beyond this, beyond uh, uh, flailing about, by the way, uh, obviously this has been like probably talked about by somebody, but it has been revealed this week that uh, the um, drone strike had nothing to do with any ISIS-K. It was like they actually hit a fucking American uh, operative. So there is that. I mean, it's 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 that ridiculous at this point. I mean, we are we are so much into the decline and fall and the collapse. We are actually like uh, we have U.S. Senators, uh, Rand Paul, arguing with um, Abe Blinken, um, whether or not asking him, did we actually drone strike a ISIS-K operative or did we uh, drone strike a U.S. aid worker? Well, we don't know. Uh, I don't know I mean when when people are stupid as me are like cabinet secretaries, that's a bad sign that's really a bad sign
1: yeah. I got really nothing on that sorry because I was looking oh at you didn't
0: hear you oh you didn't hear about that no oh. there was a Senate hearing about about the drone strike and uh, uh Rand Paul for whatever we say about his his libertarian bullshit. You know, he actually sometimes occasionally does something better than Trey Gowdy ever did and he um he really put Abe Lincoln, A A uh A Blinken,
1: our Secretary oh. of State. Okay. I, I was I, I was To the test. I kept hearing Abe Lincoln. I was like, What is going like am I having a stroke? What is happening?
0: No, no, no. The Secretary <laughs> of State, A Lincoln. I, I forgot what his first name is probably what Anthony Abraham or something like that. Anthony Blinken.
1: Whatever. <laughs> Some Jewish name. He's a Jew. here, here, here's here's what happened when you when you were trying to tell me the story, Spectre, and this is actually what happened, is that you I heard you say Abe Lincoln and my brain just kind of started to shut down as it couldn't process what you were saying. And the only thing you I thought could, I was complaining
0: about the fucking well, Civil uh, war again.
1: And <laughs> all my, all I could come up with was to try, to try to do a pun on that for no reason, just say Babe Lincoln. That was what was going on in my brain as I was trying to process, well, what does Abe Lincoln have to do with this? I don't blame you.
0: And actually, I could probably get some Southerners together and we could all come up with a, a very specific diagrammed, like, um, uh, very, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia sort of, uh, you know, draw the yarns all over the place from Abe Lincoln, but no, this was the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken.
1: The Secretary, State actually Secretary of State, Secretary on... State Babe Lincoln.
0: Babe Lincoln, yes. <laughs> he was on the stand, and he could not. He could not say, "Oh, we're not really hundred percent sure if we actually drone striked uh, an ISIS K operative who planned this bombing that was so fucking Mossad and fake." Which is better than saying gay and, gay and fake. It's it's Mossad and fake.
1: I don't, um, yeah, I usually don't follow that stuff because blood will shit up my nose if I try to watch it.
0: Yeah, no, it it was it, it, it was a really good moment for uh, uh, Senator Rand. It was a uh, typical moment for the uh, for Zog. Oh, we don't know who we killed. Sorry, we we just dropped some bombs. We don't know who we killed, but you know, Israel's happy
1: isn't like isn't it such a, so bizarre just the banality of it all as well i i just not i maybe it's just cuz of my perspective as as a millennial i mean i had I, I protested the iraq wars and i was just i was just a young guy i was a kid and i just remember the like the enormity like reading antiwar.com of the you know the casualties the civilian deaths all that stuff just thinking like we're never going we're never going to live this down and it, you know flash forward <laughs> Eighteen years later, and uh, it's just—I it, I, you just hear this stuff, and you, it just becomes the most. Like, the United States makes everything into the most banal thing. It's just like it's just like the debt. It's just like there's not going to be any reckoning on this.
0: Not that I want to take away any blame from the United States on this, but actually, uh, Uncle Ted, uh, as you probably know better than I do, talked about how uh, technology would help us remove ourselves from the atrocities that the state would want to commit. And so, you know, we have... and This was... He was, like, predicting this long before there were drone strikes and all that. But, you know, it's, it's so much easier to sell the idea of murdering people in foreign nations when you have, like, literally robot drones up in the air doing this rather than boots on the ground and putting our, our children at risk. And, you know, he, he was saying this... You know, literally 30, 40 years ago, um, and understanding that this would, like, this would, it, it's not just something, it's not an indictment just of, of the system itself, it's an indictment of all of us. It's an indictment of any of us who still, in any way, support the system still
1: well yeah I mean I, this is a point I think I know I've talked about before other people have talked about before this isn't like unique to and this has been pointed out time and time again but like so, the, something that the, the system loves to do is to is to somehow make the individual feel like that they ha- matter in the mm-hmm. most <laughs> in, in the ways that matter the least it's like, like if oh the, the earth is dying because of pollution and climate change it's on you to do it it's like I I deliver pizzas. How is this on me?
0: <laughs> well, it goes back to um, what was his name? That that that, that fat uh, Mr. Expert guy. Um, I forget his name not right now. But he's he's like a normie. Um, uh, he he actually teaches at the Navy War College, and uh, he wrote an article for the Atlantic saying, you know, the uh, failure in Afghanistan is because of you. He literally said, because of you. Oh yeah, the that American guy. people. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Expert. I forgot his name right now. I'll look it up. Um, but yeah, it, 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 the banality is, is is awful. The the removal of any guilt from us, even though it's like our tax dollars who are going to buy these drones to buy, to pay for these fucking fat, uh, skinny fat nerds who work in fucking mini malls piloting these drones. And then they're told, oh, man, bomb this. And it's like fucking... Six children, 10 people killed or 12 people killed. Six of them are children. And that was outrageous enough. That was that should have been outrageous enough. But it turns out literally none of them had any connection to the whole ISIS thing. Not like none of them. And that's 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 the system that we're told is America. That's what we're supposed to be worried about. We're supposed to be like standing up when Lee Greenwood sings Proud to be an American and they're actually surprised when all of us say no, no, we're not going to do this anymore.
1: Have you ever? Why does? You, why is
0: there an anti-American right? It's because of this. The anti-American right is because there are some people on the right who actually have a conscience who can't stand the idea of murder in our names.
1: Have you ever tried? Because I know I know the kind of area you live in. Have you? And you're the talkative type. Not me. Like I don't talk to people. You're the talkative type, though. Have you ever encountered people, you know, and confronted them? Like, not like, like walking up to them and just being, you know, an idiot. But, I mean, when you get into a conversation with them, and, and you've ever broached the topic of America, if they're proud to be an American with them, has, has that ever? have you ever gone down that road with just, like, man on the street, having a Rod Drier conversation?
0: I literally haven't, but I should now. And, actually, now that you're making me do that, I will... Tom Nichols, by the way, is the fat expert I was talking about earlier. But I I That's actually
1: something I should do. Yeah, I have actually had very limited encounters of this type before, and they're very. I mean, this is very like just a couple anecdotal experiences. But when you know, when you ask people, you know, try to get to like like looking at, at the state of America, but you know, why be proud about that? There's really they don't you don't get an answer, I've I've noticed. And I don't, I mean, how do you answer that? How do you answer that honestly if you've ever been taught how to be honest? That's, I, you know, I don't do the, I don't do those to torment these people or to start, or to pick a fight or start an argument with them. But if I, if I, if I can speak freely with someone and they tell me like, oh, you know, I'm proud of those countries. Like, what is about, what about it are you proud of? And you'll get platitudes, mostly is what you'll get. You'll mostly get platitudes. But if you hadn't managed to get past that, there's, you kind of notice that there's this creeping fear of like this is becoming a very uncomfortable, difficult conversation or they might just get irritated with you. That, get, that happens to me a lot.
0: Actually, you're not wrong. Um, without going into anything that'll um, screw up anything that I'm doing, um, I've actually reconnected with some people that I was like uh, literally social media friends with back before there was social media or back when social media was like very limited, like BBSs and that sort of thing. I've reconnected with some of those people, and um, some of them are still, like, fighting the good fight, trying to, like, you know continue the, the same arguments that they had. And I have actually, now that you're saying it that way, I've confronted them in the sense of what exactly are you excited about or why are you mad about um, these, um, quote-unquote, Americans left behind in Afghanistan as a, for instance – and they're like, well, they're Americans. And I'm like, well, um, uh, they're pushing, they're, they're NGO workers. They're l- literally faggots and um, creeps who are pushing everything that, as a conservative, as a uh, right winger, as a libertarian or whatever, uh, uh, a right wing libertarian, that you're against. And yet you're worried about, you, you want to like wave the bloody shirt over them being left behind. Really? So so the pro-abortion, the, the pro-feminists, the, the people who are painting George Floyd murals on the walls in Kabul, really? Those are the people that you're actually worried about and you want to raise, raise the, you know, uh, you want to wave the bloody shirt about and start a, another war over? And it, it kind of stops them in their tracks. And they're like, ah, because, you know, God forgive them, you know, they just never had to think it, stop and think about it, but yeah, their patriotism is not... They haven't had to question it before. And they now have to. And so, I think that's a, actually a good approach to take to these people.
1: Uh, what? Yeah, I'm just looking at this article. Sorry. I, I mean... I didn't really have anything else to respond to that. With. I was just wondering if you ever. I guess that's my challenge to you to have those conversations more. I was I'm just going to.
0: At- I'm actually going to do it more openly. I've I've, I've yeah. done it like subtly, but but I haven't done it, like with with the knowledge that you know with with the foreknowledge that you said like do this with this thought in mind. I've just like actually just you know react you know reactively said let's try this. Um, meanwhile, oh my god. The chat's blowing up. Yes, Usury Sodom abortion USA. <laughs> one of my, one of my favorites. I actually had a fight with our good friend, um, Dark Enlightenment, over who came up with that first, and it turns out that I did. So yeah, me. Um, what else you got?
1: Um, uh, pro- here's here's the problem. I'm gonna have to start. Yeah. I'm gonna just have to give up on stories that are a couple weeks old because I re- I go through them and it, they kind of lose some of their urgency when they uh when they when they've been sitting in there for a while. So I'm I'm looking. Let's see here. I got an these Two weeks old. A lot of them.
0: Oh my god. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Hot takes on two week old things. <laughs> yeah, <I> really- Reheated. <laughs> Call this the uh, fucking microwave episode.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, Fash Gordon. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at one of these. I'm sure some of them are so good. So uh, he asked if we're gonna talk about the girls do porn trial, and I don't know. I, what, I'm but aware he, of it, but I, I don't know. He gave like, I, like I said, he gave me like six different links. So I have justice.gov, which um I, this right here. Let's see here. This is the all right. So this is let's go for the immediate release. Oh, that's okay. So this is, so this two years ago. All right, I guess this will help us give the context on this. So this is for immediate release. This was October 10th, 2019. This is what kicked this all off. Uh, the owners and two employees of the popular adult websites, Girls Do Porn and Girls Do Toys, were charged to federal court today with sex trafficking crimes in connection with a scheme to deceive and coerce young women to appear in sex videos. According to a complaint, owners Michael James Pratt and Matthew Isaac Wolf along with the adult film performer and producer Ruben Andre Garcia and administrative assistant Valerie Moser used deception and false promises to lure the victims who had responded to ads for modeling jobs that would supposedly pay $5,000. Eventually the women were told the job was really for adult films. To persuade the women to participate, the defendants convinced them they could remain anonymous and that their videos would not be posted on the Internet. In reality, the entire purpose was to post the videos on the Internet. According to financial records, the websites have generated more than $17 million in revenue. According to the complaint, the circumstances were not at all what was promised. Okay, I mean, I think everybody gets the gets the gist of what this is about. So the summary of charges counts uh, one through three, charging Pratt, Wolf, and Garcia, sex trafficking by force, fraud, and coercion, minimum penalty, 15 years in prison, maximum penalty, life in custody, $250,000 fine, count four, charging all defendants, conspiracy to commit traf- sex trafficking by force, fraud, and coercion, Maximum penalty of life in prison, $250,000 fine.
0: I mean, when you look at the whole thing, the question is, how do you not want to gas everybody involved? And I, I know that sounds like a rough thing to say, but <laughs> so, but hear me out. There is Zyklon for everybody here. Number one, obviously the... the the Jews behind this, the the producers, the the people, the, the money, who the the people who created whole this whole thing, uh, they're as horrible. They are just, you know, as part of they're part of the porn industry, which all should be gassed. Um, in Minecraft, blah blah blah. But, I I have so much trouble having any sympathy for the women involved because they were told, oh, don't worry, you can spread your legs for a big dick dicking on camera. But don't worry. We're not going to put it on the internet. We're only going to sell this on videotapes and DVDs in China. And it's like, oh, well, that makes it good. I'm I'm fine. I have not committed any problems. I have not done anything wrong. I have only spread my legs for a DVD that's going to be sold in China. So therefore, I'm a fucking virgin, basically. So why – who who is the good guy in this? Nobody. Everybody here involved is horrible. Am I wrong?
1: Alright, this is okay. I thought this was something. I, I I thought because Gordon, I should have known. <laughs> I don't I don't think this is there's anything recent to this story. They they were they were um, and there might be still some ongoing stuff here. So let's see here. trials and charges because a lot of the the, the um. So, on January 2nd, 2020, the women in the trial were awarded $12.75 million in damages. Uh, For what?
0: These whores agreed to get Dick down on camera. So, somebody else saw them beyond what they thought they would be seen doing. They're still whores. What, do they want to protect themselves from, like, oh, I only whored myself out. Like, do you remember the old uh, thing from, you probably don't because it's from the 90s. But it was a big thing like for celebrities like, oh, I'm I'm not big now, but I'm big in in Japan. You know, I'm big overseas. These women are like, I'm only a whore in Japan. Uh, okay, but you're still a whore. You still have STDs now because you're a whore. Why are you suing anybody over anything? So I, I, I hate the people that did this to them. But I also have no sympathy for these women who did this.
1: Yeah, I don't really want to read this. I'm looking at... It's... The whole thing just makes me... sad.
0: I mean, mean, it's like, literally, like, don't worry, we're gonna put this on the internet, but only the Chinese internet. Nobody in America could could ever have access to the Chinese... What the fuck? Are women that stupid? Wait, what did I just say? I just asked a question I
1: know the answer to. These, you know... These Jews have everything that's coming are going to get everything that's coming to them, and um, these women need to be chastised by their fathers. But I know there's probably a lot of situations where the father's not in the picture. picture.
0: Dude, if they're (sighs) doing porn, they don't have. I know, Specter. I'm just
1: trying to slowly back out of the story. I wish I hadn't done it. Now
0: you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, Don't ever do that again. Porn is horrible. It's awful.
1: I know. Uh, I, don't, I mean, I don't. I don't disagree. I'm just. I'm just trying to find. I'm just. I, I was hoping this was a little bit more recent. I was just trying to find something like he. The way he made it sound was like that. The tr- like there was something going on in the trial, and he posted like the most recent link was from June.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure that trial is going on because I mean, it is an actual trial and it's actual. Well, I think. No, I think. Damages. I think. They, I
1: think. I think a bunch of them pled out. Yeah. With the producers, or the women. Some people did. I know some. Uh, some people have uh, have, have pled out. It's a. Uh, I don't know. The whole thing's complicated. Yeah. Here you go. Did like from June, Department of Justice released a statement on sentencing of girls do porn recruiters. I don't know if all of them had pled out, but. Oh, I was like, well, I was like, why? Why is this link giving me a bunch of like racy pictures? Like, oh, this is a porn news website. Wonderful. Good job, Borzoi.
0: Oh, this is your excuse for like when um Borzette looks through your don't, search don't, history.
1: Don't, 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 don't.
0: I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, you don't <laughs> do that. She listens to I, the
1: I, show, man. Like don't. I'm joking. No, don't, I'm joking. Don't be putting that voodoo Borzette, on me, man. I was making a
0: joke. I'm sorry. He would not do that. He's a better man than that. <laughs> oh, I, I just I hate it all because it does it prays to our worst instincts. Alright. Like all uh, of I, like I, I can sit here I can sit here and act like oh I hate porn, and it's awful, and all that. But you know what? I've been as guilty as anybody else of, like, giving into it and looking at it and all that. So all right, I'm not going to sit here and play I, the Puritan, I, 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 and I'm, I apologize. I'm, I'm
1: not pi- going to... I, I, am, I am pivoting to a story that's just going to make you angrier, and this one is recent. Yay! Uh, this is from Angry. Screenshot Media. Australia's childlike sex doll epidemic continues to spread as another man is arrested by Monica Athanasius.
0: Wait, Australia. Yeah. where literally they are making people take photos of themselves in their homes because of the crackdown and the lockdown where you can't order more than 6 beers or a half a liter of vodka or whatever per day when you're locked down in Australia this is the country in which they're saying it's okay to have child sex dolls
1: Ooh. Wow. So here, let me, let, me, let me read the story here. Uh, reports have surfaced of the arrest of an Australian man based in Sydney for allegedly importing a sex doll of childlike qualities. This appears part of a wider trend as concern, concerns rise over a 653% surge in the number of similar products confiscated by authorities in just two years. This most recent arrest is the latest in a long line of the same crime. Just nine months ago, in December 2020, Australian authorities discovered the online open selling of of disturbing child sex dolls on Etsy, and disclosed that over $100 of this nature had been seized in just five months. This latest arrest followed the discovery and investigation of a suspicious package conducted by Australian border officials. Border officials seized the package on, Ju- on July 28th, declared and labeled as a closed mannequin. On further probing, they discovered that it can... Okay, I, we get we get the... Uh, the just on that, but The suspect in question was arrested on the grounds of importing Tier 2 goods. It was a 23-year-old man. A similar tactic... On Etsy? Yeah.
0: On Etsy. Yeah. Like literally I have bought like sweatshirts like I with, do my Christmas shopping like, on obscure
1: I'm... Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say I do my Christmas shopping on Etsy.
0: I've only recently discovered that um website or I mean I only like gave any money to it. Uh it's like you can go buy a sweatshirt with like an obscure something on it, like a little Swazi, or something like that. And and they're actually selling child sex dolls on this particular thing.
1: Yeah, so the way Etsy works is that basically it's a site for like um, DIY crafts vendors. So it's not the website itself that was marketing it; it was a vendor on there. Not that not I'm not giving Etsy a pass on that. By the way, I just want to be clear. I'm just explaining for people who don't know how Etsy works. It's not like um it's not like an Amazon type thing where it's all coming from Amazon. Etsy basically can connect you with a bunch of different uh, smaller uh, vendors. In the future
0: Ethro state, we will use this network to find all of the enemies of the state. That's all I'm thinking.
1: Oh, you know who you know who's really? been re- you know who's been reporting on this? Vice. Please tell me. Vice has been reporting I'll... on this. What? Advertise it? Vice reports the lack of clarity on whether this rise can be correlated to the COVID nineteen pandemic, setting its own investigation to large spike in adult sex dolls distributed online in the past eighteen months. And they're doing the real, you know, doing the real like oh, hard hitting research there.
0: Thank God. At least we know the the COVID relationship here. That's the important thing. Reducing the risk of COVID and coronavirus with the child sex dolls. That's the important thing. So thank you, Vice. Does anybody understand why I'd like to see journalists march to dig uh, I can't say it. You know what I'm saying? How how are these people even alive? How how do they live? I mean, why are they allowed to? <sighs> okay, calm myself. Deep breath.
1: Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I'm hmm. closing a lot of links right now. I'm, I'm closing
0: off a lot of thoughts in my mind right now. Because <laughs> I don't want to have the, the fucking feds come for that. Um,
1: yeah, Imperius.
0: Imp- the world is awful. Uh, we are, uh, Again, uh, y- do you remember like bef- long before you were red-pilled? Maybe uh, this was in your teens or something like that, but the early 2010s, and everybody's laughing at... Uh, Tumblr and all the bullshit we saw there. Oh, the feminist crap and oh the the trans this and that. And oh the, you know, sex dolls and and, and everybody thought, "Oh, this is so funny. It's it's uh, these people will never amount to anything." And then slowly they took over the institutions. They they walked through the halls of power in a much quicker way than the Jews ever did in the 60s and 70s in the the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, we talked about the, you know, we, we know at a deep level about everything from the,
1: um, the Frank Spectre, Schools. Uh, Spectre, Spectre, you make it sound like the Venn diagram between Tumblr and Jews isn't a single circle. It totally is. But
0: I just, I, I just, when we complained about the, uh, march to the halls of, uh, I want to kill somebody. I'm not saying that in real life, I'm just saying that on the internet, I'm making a joke here. But when we talk about the, the Long March of the Halls, they actually had to take like decades to get there, but when we talk about what happened <laughs> with Tumblr, the, the long it literally march, took 5 to the, 10 years. The Long March of the Halls? Yeah, the <laughs> Long March to the Halls of Power, or to the Halls of Power, whatever it was, with the Frankfurt School, that took literally decades. The, the Long March of the tumbleristas was like five or six years. That's all it was. And now that's who's literally in the White House. That's literally who's in Congress. That's literally who's in all I mean, Do you remember Okay, uh, you're a little bit of a, a a movie nut and all that, like I used to be. Um, the, uh, the leaks from Sony back in 2010, 2011. There were leaks of emails from Sony where You actually had producers saying, oh, we can't um, uh, push the idea of a black James Bond or a black Spider-Man or this or that because it's not going to be popular. It's just not going to happen. We'd love to have it happen, but it's not going to be profitable. And they said that in 2010, 2011, and that was like an embarrassing thing for uh, Sony Pictures to have – out and so those producers were actually fired they of course got their jobs back because they're all Jews but within 5 or 10 years the idea that you wouldn't have a black Spider-Man a black James Bond etc etc is actually blasphemy it's, it's like you are going to be burned at the stake if you oppose this so the it's, it's basically I guess I'm talking about acceleration
1: no? I guess. You want, you want me to show you something that's going to make you happy? Yay, please. My, do- my dog's barking his sleep. Alright. This one's good. You okay over there, bud? I'm here. No, Sorry, no, my dog. I think my dog's having a good dream right next to me. I can't tell if you're talking to me or the dog. I'm talking to the, the dog. Do I'm talking like. to the dog. You're like, Spectre, Spectre, good boy, good boy, Spectre, good, good boy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I've just, I've just never seen him go like that while he's sleeping. I just, it's kind of worried for a second there. All right. So this one's got a little surprise at the end. For eight months, the. By the way, I had to, I had to translate this from uh, from Danish into English. I had to uh, do a, a translation in plugin for this. So if it. If it, if it seems a little wonky, that's why. For eight for eight months, the Velia. Muzerny and the National Museum, which I assume is National Museum, have kept a golden secret. At the end of December 2020, an inexperienced hobby archaeologist dug up 945 grams of gold from the ground in a field near the Yelling Stones. Since then, the museum specialists have, at all discretion, closely studied the numerous gold objects that are believed to have been hidden under the South Jutland so- soil for 1,500 years. And the experts have a hard time finding superlu- superlatives that are enough to describe their enthusiasm. On a scale from 1 to 10, this find is a 12-er. It is on par with the Golden Horn, says Morton Expo, museum inspector and emeritus at the National Museum. His colleague, Peter Van Peterson, who is a uh, Dane Fay inspector at the National Museum, cannot believe his eyes either. It is the most beautiful gold find I have seen in the years I have been a Dane Fay Spectre at this time it is world class it really is a dream find he says but what makes these golden pieces absolutely extraordinary and what can we really use them for we're digging that out here and so there's a bunch of these can you see are you able to see the screen uh, it might take a second for it to pop up on the uh, uh, on the um, what do you call it because I assume you're looking at the YouTube, the YouTube. yeah yeah.
0: it's it's going to take a second but
1: yeah. uh, I'm hoping it's going to be
0: something positive
1: yeah. No these are really these are these are really cool. Oh okay. So they, oh, they white. have this yeah, they have the site like kind of formatted in a in a strange way. But uh isolated bishop That very
0: center one looks like Dogo.
1: Yeah. So this is a slice? Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna take a second for it I'm going I'm scrolling around a bunch right now. But this is gonna take a second for it to uh to pop over, but isolated bishop found uh found a special little one in the uh, in the pile <laughs> of them all. Oh, did it come up on the screen?
0: It's starting yeah. to. I've got a. I got a feeling what I'm
1: gonna see. <laughs> yeah, this is a. This is a real. Uh, this is a real special one that's about to come over right now. Okay, I'm looking at this. Uh, yeah, I got. I should have prepared this so We'd be more of a timely live react. But uh, yeah, there we go. Right there. I see a windmill of friendship and uh, <laughs> I see a horse. <laughs> Yeah, let me zoom in on that a little bit more. Uh oh, whoa. Did not want to cooperate that. Up. Oh, okay. There we go. Bring that down right there. Yeah, there's a I mean, this is old gold. Like what was it? Like 1500 years old. You know, sometimes sometimes when they talk about the swastika, they try they always try to imply that it's like its usage was a lot more like among Europeans was a lot more recent. Um, I've seen them right. attempt to or, try and downplay. The only it.
0: good, the only good swastika is the reverse swastika, the the original uh, Indian one. Yeah. Um, and apologies to uh, DK, but yeah, they always say that that's the only good one, and they instead of that one that you're seeing on the screen. Um, it actually. It reminds me of the very. I mean, do you remember literally uh, two, three years ago when we had the that episode on
1: the uh, you and I did a a pause button on the hoax? Yeah, I would love to re- uh, redo that because I uh, for for the um for the sake of transparency, I at that time had not done any research on the Holocaust. I mean, I I at the time believed that they it was exaggerated, but I never actually looked into anything about it or any of the arguments. That's a big reason why like people who've followed my content for a long time like why I never talked about it because so I kind of tried to hedge my bets. I'd always like I would try to downplay talking about it. Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, they exaggerated, but I never really. If you listen to a lot of stuff, I I hedged a lot on that. I've come I, around a lot on this. that. You- if you don't mind
0: saying this, uh, we were talking about an actual play called The Holo Hoax. hoax of it's cost. not just like yeah. us joking hoax, around. Ho- yeah, Hauk's the, the hoax Cost. We were talking about a, an actual play by a Jewish playwright called The Hauk's Cost and it, you were actually feeling guilty because, you know, it was questioning these things that all, all of us had been uh, inundated with. And I was a little bit maybe a little bit further than you were, but still you not were, yeah. completely free of that guilt. And so both of us were like enjoying it but at the same time very much um uh there, there was a sense of transgression not in a fun way not in a a, a fun uh, uh a way that advances a narrative we were just like actually exploring it
1: well it was and... just sh- it, yeah because it was really shocking that you had to, it seemed shocking let me, let me let me reiterate that it seemed shocking you had like this gay jew that was engaging on some level with this ma- material and he was taking it like in a weird and then, like he takes it in the direction that yes Jews really are the the spawn of satan and uh and then like the way he caps it all off the end is basically, uh, is like if you, you know if you believe that what I don't know I forget exactly how it ended but I remember I remember ask, I remember cuz I was just astounded that a play like this could even be like a one man show this would even be done and I remember talking to Mike about it and I remember being puzzled by how like how how much Mike didn't care about about that, and it, that's because I had like again I hadn't done the research. I didn't know about like people like David. I didn't know much about David Cole or anything like that. And you know, Mike's you know Mike has always made the argument like they there are some that are willing to engage with the material on some level to you know to get ahead of it to get you know to control it in some way, and I, it just I I I cringe to think of, to even go back and listen to that episode, because we watched uh, Judgment at Nuremberg, we watched uh, the Holocaust miniseries, and then we did Holocaust. It was like a, a big thing we did, and I, I remember being very uncomfortable with that episode.
0: Well, even leaving aside the actual content, the the meat of it, it was like the iconography was still, I think in both of our minds, still a thing, where like at the time, it was like, you saw a swastika, the proper windmill friendship, tilted swastika, and you thought to yourself, ugh, ugh. there there was some still hesitation and like that's not a good thing um, because we were still – I mean, again, we were like very much over the average red pill for the normie, but we were like still in that place. And now it's like, like I look at that and the, my first reaction was, oh, that's awesome. That's beautiful. And <laughs> and 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 so it's it's amazing the the, it's not just a matter of time it's a matter of like thought because we've actually thought about these things we've we've worked through these where these the symbology is actually important i know it sounds crazy but getting past the uh programming that you had that since you were a little child you were like shown these pictures of Oh, naked people going to a gas chamber or naked people going to being machine gunned in a a, a, a pit like Baba Yar or something like that uh, or uh, whatever, Um, and and then always the swastika above it and all that. And so it was really hard to overcome that, and so when you get to the point where it's like that's not something I'm even aware of as a negative. It's more like that's a beautiful symbol. It really is a, a great place to find yourself. Does that make sense to you? I mean, I, 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 again, I'm, I'm not talking about the, the the intellectual arguments about this and that, the Holocaust and blah, 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 and national social – I'm talking about just getting over that um, – the, the program into a disgust reaction to these symbols, and now you're at the point where you're like, look at that. That's fucking awesome. That's part of our people. That's part of our history.
1: Sorry, the chat. Somebody in the chat was asking if I was Catholic, <laughs> and Ivan Popovic said, "Borzo is Croatian like me, so yes." <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, again, it, it just shows you it's not just about their their arguments that they make. It's not just about the 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 important, the big intellectual things. It's also about the the gut reaction stuff. It's the grug stuff. It's literally. The symbology, you have to oppose it, and then when you finally get over that, when you get to the point where you're like, not only is this not a negative, it's like, oh, it's beautiful. Wow, this is part of my history. This is part of European history. All these things that we're told are so awful, and you're like, oh wait, these are actually the best parts of our people. So yeah.
1: Sorry. The chats like really deeply wanting to know if uh, the Borsling was uh, was baptized. And I was like, yes, and he, he they didn't do. He was any, baptized
0: like, in the blood of. No, I'm not gonna say that. Well, he <laughs> baptized stupid. in the blood
1: of Christ. No, <laughs> both he in Christ. Yeah, no, he was baptized like one in, in the normal Catholic way. He got he got the uh, the oil. He got the uh, he got the you know the water. All that they took the the thing and poured it on his head all that. Then of course I mean I wonder if there are Catholic churches that do the full style orthodox dunking. I I to my maybe eastern rite does, but generally what I've seen from Catholic baptisms is what uh what my son got, so
0: Dude, you, uh, you you know that I'm like one of the sprinklers or whatever. I don't even know what my people yeah. do. I think they <laughs> sprinkle or something.
1: <laughs> What's who knows? What, Do you come from some kind of Protestant background?
0: You know that. Come on, I'm like the one Protestant on the fucking third rail. Come on. Well, (laughs) You're so Protestant, I don't even know what you are. It doesn't matter.
1: I mean, like, literally it doesn't matter to me, so why should it matter to anybody else? (laughs) All right, so Mongoose is Lutheran. I'm going to mark you down as low uh, uh, as a low Low church church Protestant. Snake, snake handler.
0: <laughs> I'm actually dealing with some um, uh, poison ivy all over my wrists. So call it snake sa- handling. It's the I same think, thing. I
1: thought you were gonna say like yeah, like you're snake handling right now because you got poison ivy. Well, somewhere else, dude. Oh, I'm, yes, snake Larry, handling right. it. I'm Larry, doing it in a Larry's, very dirty way. I'm, I'm snake pro- handling. Like uh, I forgot. I forgot. Larry's Protestant. He's a Presbyterian. really yeah well i mean i, Finally, I knew somebody I, on my side i I, I, knew, I mean i well i mean yeah i mean i knew that but i had i had forgotten about it Uh because I, I i don't know like, we don't talk religion on the show much the only, like uh, really the only people who talk religion on the show are the catholic and the orthodox everybody kind of like respects the secularism of this podcast so that's a good point
0: um no, it, it's all about my lack of, like, introspection, which it's actually served me well, I think, but I wouldn't know. So, I mean, somebody can tell me if I'm wrong, but I wouldn't care because I'm not paying attention either. I have no awareness of myself or others. Yeah. I think, I think I'm a Methodist. Maybe?
1: <laughs> That's, that is the most Methodist answer.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Methodist, Lutheran, something like that. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I don't like the Jews and I'm very much white, so how about that? Was is that good enough?
1: Uh, tricky who's trying to get you to take C B D oil. C B D oil stops poison ivy itching in about five minutes. Uh no, I've been smoking weed all day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I I I actually I haven't had um poison ivy um, so I'm, I'm, I'm post 50 but I haven't had poison ivy on my skin and since probably I was like 18 when I was in Mississippi um, and I had a very uh, radical almost like avermectin kind of approach to dealing with it which was you take a uh, razor blade and you cut the top layer of skin and you put a little uh, bleach and water onto it and it kills the poison ivy, but it also kills the skin, and so I'm dealing with that. And so, if somebody has some weed they want to give me, I probably would appreciate that at this point. No, I'm kidding.
1: And weed is l-
0: degenerate.
1: Let's do let's do two more things and get out of here. We're gonna, we're gonna do, we want I want to do the big topic you wanted to bring about love and hate, but uh, first okay. I just wanna tell, I want to tell um, people. Uh, I'm not gonna like open this up to everybody. Uh, I but I do encourage people if they want to do this challenge as well to um you don't know, find your own way of doing it or if you if you have a if you have a line to me if like i know who you are and you want in on on this chat uh you know, hit me up on threema and i'll or contact me and i'll i'll get you into the stream group it, that's only if i kind of uh, interact with you enough that i know who you are but so yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry, i'm sorry you. sorry oh, yeah. sorry ra- sorry randos i'm not i'm not doing this but we're we're doing uh my, uh so my my buddy Kasad and i Kasad was the guy that i you know that i read pilled the one that we had the, the, unfortunately the archive archive's gone but for people who are new to the show we kind of had this long-running storyline about you know my you know this my best friend and how he came into all this stuff and it was you know because there, there, he, he was like you know he was going down the rabbit hole he was going down going through the the pipeline so uh, anyways he and i decided we want to go uh you know go sober so we have our own sobriety challenge with each other and uh every it basically resets every month and uh if you fail it we're gonna do 100 bucks and you have to pay 100 bucks and what i'm gonna do i think for the guys that are in my little thing here is we're going to take that hundred i'll take all that money and put it into a pot and either i'll do i'll do something for the boys or Maybe give it to you, like one uh, R guide charity thing or something I haven't decided how i'm gonna do this yet but uh yeah I'm <laughs> it it was a long summer for me and i i i I, wa- I decided you know let's 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 stop let's let's stop what i've been doing for the last couple months and uh kind of kick things into into high gear so yeah, I'm doing a sobriety thing with with a bunch of the guys um there's a in my, I'm not gonna name names because I don't think any some of them want their Names out there, but I, I had been putting it around in some of our group chats, and there were I had a bunch of guys come reach no, out to me and say, "Hey, I, I, mean, I want very, I want to join it." So, yeah,
0: I'm saying it's very positive.
1: Yeah. yeah, do it. Yeah, it's it's like it, it's it's not like a, like an AA type thing. It's more of a, a like an excuse for people to to uh, do something healthier. So, uh, if you know me and you want in on it, you know, contact me if you know how to. Uh, if you're not within that circle, I highly and you want to do it, I highly encourage find a couple of other guys that you know might be into. You'd be surprised as well who, when you broach the idea to them, like especially if you do it the way that I've described, where it's just like, hey, just like let's you know healthier habits, healthier bodies, healthier minds, that kind of stuff. Let's not like you know especially because like drinking's gone up so much during the, the pandemic uh situation, the COVID thing, that. You'd be surprised at how many people are like you like, you know what? That's actually a good idea. Let's it. like one guy he who he just poured out all of his beers like, "You know what? I do I my I make my best decisions when they're snap decisions. Let's do it." Right? Yeah, so get Larry <laughs> give it to me to spend on weed booze for <laughs> <laughs> I thought that I just, you know, I just want to put that out there and it's something we're doing right now, but uh yeah, what's this topic you wanted to talk to me about?
0: Well, it wasn't like a topic per se.
1: It was more like a philosophical issue that... And
0: I'm going to speak from the heart. I have nothing literally prepared. Um, mm. But I've been thinking about this for a while. Um, and I hate either giving into the, uh, the stereotype that they want to put on us. We're all haters. We hate things. Um, but I also... Uh, appreciate the, the concept that you, if you don't hate that which wants to destroy what you love, then you don't really love it. Or as uh, George Lincoln Rockwell once put it, you know, if you have love without any hate t- against those things that you, uh, uh, that which you love, it's the love of queers, communists, and hippies. But m- my thought was simply this, which is, what do you see are people promoting amongst themselves amongst the people they actually love and that is temperance which goes to what you're talking about with the the sobriety challenge um fitness which i literally have not been involved in any group within our thing that doesn't promote physical fitness to the point where i'm actually like lagging behind and i'm like trying to keep up
1: don't forget Blair. Um, just by the way, let's plug that Blair fountain was doing. I don't know; they're still doing it. They were. He was doing the Fit Lords,
0: right? But but whether you're talking about the, uh, you know, the buns you're talking about, just uh, even like ancillary people to our movement are always promoting the idea of physical fitness. They're talking about the idea of family, of, of settling down, not going out to get your dick wet, but rather to find the woman who you can love and make a family with. They're talking about these positive things. They're talking about reestablishing your relationship with God. Whatever you believe, whatever you think about it, um, you know, going to church, going to uh, find yourself spiritually, and then love of our people. It's like that's what promotes us. That that's what uh, motivates us, rather. Um, it, it's it's not about oh we here's all the things we hate and therefore we are motivated against that. It's more like we love our people and we're looking at the things that are attacking our people and so we love our people and we the only thing we hate is that which is attacking it. And and I, I look at it as if you know the, the the classic case of the alien from Mars coming down and looking at Earth and saying, what do your people promote? We promote the idea of physical fitness, of love and uh, creating the next generation and and, and loving our ancestors and respecting them and giving our lives to our offspring and and saying, "We, we don't matter. Our lives don't belong to us. They belong to our progeny and they belong to our ancestors. And it's all these positive things that are motivated, in my mind, I love, and yet we're called haters. And then in turn, I look at the people who are most opposed to us. And I I look at um, the Antifa types, whether they're the journalists or the actual foot soldiers or the the corporate people in HR. They're not for anything. I mean, they'll they'll say, oh, we're for these odd, oddball ideas of diversity we're we're for inclusion we're for acceptance and all these things that actually don't mean anything they have no actual meaning they're really just i mean the the title of antifa actually is very honest because at least they admit that they're motivated solely by an opposition to something they're motivated by hate of people they're against fascists which you know incorporates those of us who don't hate ourselves who actually love ourselves and love our people and so uh, it, i hate to sound like a faggot <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm hoping dk will hey. at some on saturday back me up here but the idea that i'm getting at here is that we literally are motivated by love we are motivated by a positive thing and our opponents are actually motivated by a shallow hatred they, they have nothing that they love they can't sit there and say oh I love trannies. I love niggers I love whatever they're just like uh, giving these empty ideas of diversity or whatever inclusion acceptance we actually are motivated by something very powerful that actually spans generations that goes back to our people, going back generations, beyond which we can see, beyond history, and so I, I, I'm not shying away from the idea that I hate things. Of course, I do. Hate is an emotion like any other. Hate is a positive thing. Hate, as I've all, I was famous for saying on on Twitter, hate is your soul's immune system. Hate drives away that which you are threatened – that which you love is threatened by, literally. And so what I'm saying here is that um, what we are about is actually more powerful, even though it can be described as, oh, we're haters, we actually love. And love is more powerful than hate, and all they have is their hatred of anything positive, anything good, anything – I mean they they literally have – they're built on fucking ash and sand it's nothing and so I I guess I wanted to talk to you and
1: ask you am I like being a fucking faggot here Um, well yes but you have to remember when a bunch of sticks bundle together you know they cannot break we have to form the mighty faggot that's a good point (laughs)
0: That's that's a fair point. But, but you see what I'm saying is like I – actually, I hate the inversion that they put us through because hate is easier, but love is more powerful. And what, we ha- what we're what we driven by t- is as far as I can see, and I actually believe this, is a love. It's a love for our people. It's a love for our progeny. It's a love for our ancestors. It's a respect. They sit there and say, oh, you can't choose. You're only white by accident. It's like, no, my fucking ancestors for the last untold generations chose – Their mates who chose to have me, you know, after this long line of secession. And I need to respect that. How is that not love? How is that hatred? And on the other hand, their side is we hate what you stand for. We hate your whiteness. We hate your uh, European culture. We hate your – we hate all the things you're about. Again, I I feel like we actually have to sometimes – Occasionally step back to the very, very basics of any f- conflict and say, "Yeah, there's all these important things that we can say. There's all these important intellectual arguments that we can make. But at the grug level, at the grug level, we're the ones who love ourselves and love our people. They're the ones who hate. They're the ones that we have to stop. And that's what I wanted to get at. And I know that it sounds very faggotry in a lot of ways, but I, I guess I'm willing to accept that faggotry.
1: I mean, I don't really screw with anything what you're saying. I guess I just don't usually. I don't look at things in the the love and and hate lens. I mean, I've been I've been accused of. I've been accused by people I know of. How do they put it? That I've that I that I used my brain. That I use my that I use my smart brain for hate. I think that's how they put it. Mm-hmm. And. It's like that doesn't mean anything to me though <laughs> cuz like you, if you if your brain can only process things in love and hate you have you you're you're missing out on what it really means to be human like we're not a bunch of just uh that to me like is is the more important thing of this is that as human beings we have a we have a much more expressive uh palette and spectrum of experience than the than binaries of love and hate black and white that kind of stuff. There's, you know, there, there it's the, you know, it's uh, love and hate are core to, to being like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think you have to justify any human emotion. Like that's something that they, they like to make us do. They want, they want to categorize and pathologize everything that, uh, lo, you know, love is love. Love is good. And uh, like, so the opposite is hate. Hate is bad. And if you hate, there's something wrong with you. You're sick. You're a bad person. It's like, I don't. I, I could. I could descend into this argument and explain. No, there's nothing wrong with hate. These are complex, expressive emotions that are core to being a human being. I'm not. But I'm not even going to step down to your level. I'm a person. I'm a human being. This that's that comes with a lot of stuff. No, well, and there's think not. Think
0: about how they think about how they use that though. I mean, again, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of hate, only as an emotion that's a positive thing like every other human emotion, but they will literally correlate, not correlate, what do you call it, they can join hate and violence. Every um, reference they make in the media is always not just hate, but these people promote, quote unquote, hate and violence. They, can, they combine the two as if hate is somehow an aberration, it's somehow something negative instead of just another human emotion like any other. And to me, like I said, hate is a positive thing that protects that which you love. It's your soul's immune system. And so, yeah, I understand you don't want to get down to the dirt of you know hate and love, but do you not see that uh, even there we're being gaslit with the idea that they are the love people, and we are the hate people, and so we're negative. It's like no, you actually don't actually love really anything. You just hate what we stand for, and we actually love something bigger than you. I guess is where I'm going, but I could be wrong, and you tell me.
1: No, no I don't think you're wrong. It's just, I guess I don't know how to talk about this stuff. In in okay, Mister Robot. <laughs> oh, believe me, I've, I've I've I get this a lot that I have a flat. A flat effect and i'm very on it and i tend to not emote very well but i guess part of that is just because in order to deal with this you know society you have to you have to compartmentalize on i guess let me put it this way because i am constantly forced to compartmentalize i don't feel i owe an explanation to to the world or to the society about what we know i do not say like i like the impulse to say is what we believe but the fact is it's not we're beyond belief it's what we know we know this stuff this is and so because they've imposed all these restrictive ways of communicating upon me because they've constantly tried to pathologize normal emotions i mean i i don't we're not disagreeing specter I I applaud you for wanting to explain that, you know, what that love and hate are big concepts and what we're about does not fit your narrow definition of what hate is and trying to expand upon that. And I think that's a very worthy endeavor you're going on. But I guess because of what I've been through, I don't feel the need to even have to justify having to explain love and hate to these people. They've imposed restrictive communication on me. And I know it, but for me, everything is in the blood. Like, D.H. Lawrence called this blood consciousness, and of course, I agree with him on this stuff. I, everything about my lived experience vibrates in my blood, and that's just how I go about it. It's the, I, I'm beyond love and hate on this stuff.
0: Okay, well I can't support that. <laughs> Poor spot. Yeah, like I said, I, let, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I, I hate. Um, giving any credence to the Old Testament but Ecclesiastes does
1: tell us that oh, um, Ecclesiastes is the best of, the, of those books anyways
0: yeah. a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace so if God or what we think of as God approves of that then I'm good with it
1: I I'm, I, unironically um. Very supportive, like you know, like a, I am an ecclesiastics. Stan, it's it's easily the best of the Old Testament books. There's a lot. It, it's it's essentially a wisdom book for depressives. So of course, I love it.
0: <laughs> I knew somehow you would actually take my delving, my 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 dipping my little toe into the Old Testament would turn into something very. In, you know, revealing about yourself. I like
1: that. <laughs> I was looking for like a good uh, D. H. Lawrence passage like about this kind of stuff, and I remember he had this hilarious passage about the uh um about having to sit next to black people on, on a train and it was uh unfortunately it didn't really fit our conversation, but it was about the idea of everything you know like everything kind of going back to like he was he was very obsessed with how blood tends to dictate what he called the thought adventure more than anything actually i might as well just read it i've read this before but this was years ago on the third rail and it's worth revisiting this was um from an essay he wrote uh I, i can't remember if it was published or not but it ended up in reflections on the death of a porcupine uh, all this is the adventure of knowing and understanding, but it isn't the thought adventure. The thought adventure starts in the blood, not in the mind. If an Arab or a Negro or even a Jew sits down next to me in the train, I cannot proceed so glibly without my no- with my knowing. It is not enough for me to glance at a black face and say, he is a Negro. As he sits next to me, there is a faint, uneasy movement in my blood. A strange vibration comes from him, which causes a slight disturbance in my own vibration. There is a slight odor in my nostrils, and above all, even if I shut my eyes, there is a strange presence in contact with me i can i now can no longer proceed from what i am and what i know i am to what i know him to be i am not a nigger and so i can't quite know a nigger and i can never (laughs) really understand him what then it's an impasse then i have three courses open i can just plank down the word nigger and having labeled him finished with him or i can try to track him down in terms of my own knowledge That is, understand him as i understand any other individual Or I can do a third thing. I can admit that my blood is disturbed, that something comes from him and interferes with my normal vibration. Admitting so much, I can either put up a resistance and insulate myself, or I can allow the disturbance to continue because, after all, there is some peculiar alien sympathy between us. In almost every case, of course, the nigger among white men will insulate himself and not let his black aura reach the white neighbors. If I find myself in a train full of niggers, I shall no doubt do the same. But apart from this, I shall admit a strange and incalculable reaction between me and him. This reaction causes a slight but unmistakable change in the vibration of my blood and nerves. This slight change in my body slowly develops in dreams and unconsciousness, till if I allow it, it struggles forward into light as a new bit of realization, a new term of consciousness.
0: Damn. We actually did not plan any of this. Yeah. And uh, that was A, a good discussion, and B, a great way to end
1: this and for people wondering what what was that all about like what does that have to do with anything it's you know to me it's funny like it's the it's that i it's one of those memes about the uh uh the iq you know bell bell curve and on the on the uh on the left end of the grugs all that matters is blood and then the the middle part it's people trying to like it's 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 uh it's culture it's you know it's culture it's religion it's uh art it's music it's all this and then on the genius side of it it's it's blood (laughs) it's perfect (laughs) yeah that was what i was going to originally title the dh lawrence book was um dh lawrence oh what was it blood consciousness uh the selected right, the the selected uh, philosophical writings of D. H. Lawrence, but uh, that has kind of fallen through because uh, we were. I was in a long discussion with Antelope Hill about what the actual legality of a lot of D. H. Lawrence's works are, and his works are very very fraught on copyright. There is a lot of it that is in public domain. That's that is true, but there's a lot of stuff I really wanted to include that we can't we can't publish. And uh so unfortunately that project that I've been working on for several months uh kind of fell through. So how I'm how I'm reconstituting it is uh taking inspiration from Antelope Hill's most recent book Souls That Need Viewed from the Right. I'm doing a DH Lawrence Viewed from the Right. So I'll be doing I'll be it'll be less of a reader and more of a discussion of his uh, of his philosophy.
0: Literally no one will believe that we not only had no prep tonight, but we did not set this up for you to say that and to, to, to talk about this and pitch it literally we no I just said I wanted to have a discussion about love and hate and that somehow it turned into the thing about D H Lawrence and that's a perfect segue and then perfect conclusion that's
1: fucking awesome um
0: I do do you have have anything pl- else
1: I, um, I do actually have a plug tonight oh yeah go ahead so hunter s hunter. Johnson and Heidegger fourteen on post and and Heidegger fourteen is also on Bang I know, but they have started the People's Samizdat. It's uh I I plugged it on on my Telegram. It's basically a a collaborative art magazine i would say like i mean they're they're public they don't just publish fiction they're doing interviews they're doing all kinds of stuff with it basically they're trying to create a through sub through a sub stack they're basically trying to create a zine for our people because that's you know if you and i agree i tend to agree with them on this is that if you want to if you want a movement it has to include a cultural component within that so i actually did i actually did an interview for them they uh, sent me ten questions, and it's going to go up around Saturday. So I'll give you a preview. Some uh, I'll pre- I'll give you a preview of the questions, not the answers. So they asked me, "What were your early experiences with making creative works? What is your creative writing process? Uh, how does your choice of artistic medium influence your creative output? Uh, how does being uh, a married man, father, uh, change your creative outlook?" They asked me about Pisser, They asked me about culture grugs. They asked me about irony. Um, they asked me about uh, what direction dissident aesthetics are heading, um, and then the hardest part of being a dissident creator, and what advice I have. So, if, especially, I highly recommend for people who kind of have, are, you know, can suffer through the kind of stuff I talk about and want to hear, you know, someone in our milieu talk about uh, writing and aesthetics and and uh, the necessity of reading. I tuckle actually, I did a very extensive answer on why it's very important. To that for people to read, even if they have to be retaught how to read, so that's that'll be up on Saturday at the people Samas dot. That's uh, let's hear the p. It's the people Samas dot dot Substack dot com, and I'll put a link in the notes.
0: Okay, well, um, obviously, uh, oh, my, and people are asking what my, are, te- my
1: Telegram is. It's uh, I'm at t.me slash race boars.
0: All right, and obviously we we both have a a great relationship with the Antelope Hill people. Um, that thing I've been teasing for a while is getting closer. I'm not going to say anything more than that, but uh Can we tell, getting closer, I mean, getting closer. I, I, I've closer. No, no,
1: we're I, not going to go any further than that. Okay. We can't tell people why it got delayed?
0: Uh, we're just making it better is all I'm saying. Okay. I'm just saying, and I don't have an exact date, but we're, like, that much closer is all I'm saying.
1: I just wanted to be more clear about it because a lot of people thought it was actually outright canceled, and I had to explain this to, to no, a few people. No, no,
0: no, it's not canceled. We We literally just had to make it better because we know that it's going to be that much more questioned is all I'm saying. Yeah. It's going to be like, we, we, we want to make this thing fucking bulletproof and that's what we're working on right now. And, uh, I, I really appreciate all the people there are working with me on uh, making that happen. But I also want to thank the, uh, 150 plus live listeners who came out tonight on a short notice. Yeah. Time, time change. Yeah. To.
1: Time change. Short notice. I, I was actually shocked. We even got up to 150 because
0: yeah, it was amazing. Um, uh, obviously, national justice Party magcom nationaljusticeparty.com, and go to antelopehillpublishing.com. It's their anniversary. I don't know how long the uh, discounts last, but so discount the fifteen percent. Come fi- on, the buy fi- some fucking books.
1: The fifteen percent discount is over because that was the one day thing. But they still have the ten percent discount going through the rest of the week, as I as I recall.
0: Then by all means, buy some fucking books. Give them to your friends. They spread also st- the word. They also These have some bundles, like for, exa- bundles. for
1: example, "Culture Grugs" bundles. is bundled. Yeah, "Culture Grugs" is bundled with uh, "Living the Dream" by Jack Jack McCracken. So, um, check out some of the bundles they have on the site. Uh, if you were thinking, if you're holding off on getting that seventh or eighth copy of "Culture Grugs," uh, don't. This is your time to get it now.
0: Exactly, but uh, yeah, we'll have more to-, to to announce them with them later down the road. But they are the best people in the world, and they are creating an actual ecosystem I, I keep using that word but i like using it word um the ecosystem of both fiction nonfiction, and uh rare translations that you have to have if you're actually a serious a person um join us at the trs radio network behind the paywall for premium content it's the white slash paywall and that's i guess it for this quiet night um remember hate is easier but love is stronger this
2: producer of Hail Victory. See ya, Kyle. We'll oh, oh,